From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling for Thursday, the 14th day of May, 2020. Uh, a couple days before Taylor made Driving Relief, an event you will see Sunday, May 17th, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Golf Channel, NBC, and NBCSN, and free, unauthenticated, on Golf Pass, GolfChannel.com, the Golf Channel app, the NBC Sports app, PGA Tour Live, and NBCSports.com. And to preview that match, Ricky Fowler, Dustin, uh, sorry, Ricky Fowler, Matthew Wolf against Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson from Seminole Golf Club is somebody who has been inside the gates of Seminole Golf Club, and that is our friend and colleague, Sean Fairholm from Global Golf Post. Welcome, Sean. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Um, so, this is Seminole's first time on TV, and when we were talking about this last week, Sean and I are close friends, um, you mentioned off-air that you had been inside the gates. And I'm like, wait, 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 what, what, what? I, I thought it was a private club. And... The reason why we can talk about it is he has been inside Seminole for totally legitimate reasons. So tell everybody why you have been inside the gates at Seminole, because I did not realize that media was allowed in to watch some stuff. So uh, yes, tell the story. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I've been in a few times. Uh, of course, I, I grew up in Florida and I've spent most of my life in, in Florida, not too far away from uh, Juneau Beach, where Seminole is. And I've had the pleasure of being able to cover a few tournaments there. Uh, I've covered four Coleman Invitationals. Uh, those, For those who don't know, the Coleman Invitational is a mid-amateur and senior amateur event that features a lot of former Walker Cup players, a lot of really strong players who, uh, who go out there and play. You see a lot of U.S. mid-am champs who, who go out and play at, play at the Coleman. That's an event that takes place normally in, in late April. Obviously, this year did, did not take place, but I, I've been out there uh, the previous four years for that. Uh, unfortunately, it won't take place next year as well because they'll be preparing for the Walker Cup and decided not to have it. So uh, they'll have a little bit of a hiatus on that event. But I've been there four times for that, and I've also been there twice for the the famous, uh, far more famous event that they probably have, the uh, the Pro Member, which is really uh, celebrities galore and, and great PGA Tour players galore and really a, a cool event but i've had the pleasure of, uh, of going in there uh, in, inside the gates of seminole half a dozen times now and keep in mind folks that uh one of the announcers on the call sunday will be gary coke who has been a regular participant in the pro member so if you think that nbc is leaning a lot on mr coke sunday that would be why he has a lot of experience inside the gates playing Seminole. All right. Um, to me, if you're talking diehard golf, Pine Valley is probably this mythical place that a lot of people don't really know about. If you're talking casual golf and even some casual sports fans, I feel like Cypress Point and Seminole are two of the courses that may cross their minds and may be something that they recognize. So we are not only going to see a great $4 million fundraiser on Sunday, but we're going to see one of the great golf courses in America that 
a lot of people have heard about but don't really know anything about uh, coming to life um, on Sundays. So let's just go back a second and you can start where you want and just go forward. Um, Seminole, what, uh, you know, when you think of Seminole, whether it's history, whether it's prestige, whether it's the uniqueness of this Donald Ross design, what what's the story you tell people when they ask about Seminole? Well, it's interesting. So Seminole is right off A1A, which is a, a fairly famous road that I think a lot of people are familiar with. When they think of South Florida, they think of A1A, a road that kind of goes all the way up the coast of Florida. And you, you pull off of A1A, and it's very understated. You it's not really like Magnolia Lane where you have these giant trees and it's, it's very uh, secluded. You pull off uh, and you go through this little tiny understated uh, gatehouse and then you're driving down Seminole Boulevard. On the right is a residential neighborhood of a very nice but not incredibly flashy house. It's just kind of your standard upscale uh, residential neighborhood in, uh, in, in South Florida. And on your left is uh, you could just barely see Seminole, the actual golf course, through kind of a tall wall of sea grape trees. And it's, it's kind of a really cool way to start your journey because you could just kind of make out parts of the course, but you can't really see the entire thing. So imagine the anticipation of driving up to the clubhouse and being able to see parts of holes but not being able to see the entire thing. And then you get to the clubhouse, which is so Florida. If everybody's ever been to South Florida, or, or Miami in particular, you would know what I'm talking about. It's a pink clubhouse, very, you know, deco. And uh, it's very understated. It's not very flashy. There's a, uh, a little circular driveway that you go through that's gravel. You pull up there, they take your car around. It's a very small parking lot, not a very big property. And uh, you get to the clubhouse, you kind of walk up this little staircase, and uh, there's a large pool, which is extremely Florida once again, that just kind of dominates the entire clubhouse. And uh, no one's ever gone swimming in it, apparently. It's, it's just been there since uh, when, the, when the club opened in the, in the 20s, and it's just been there forever. So um, when I think about Seminole, I think about the overall vibe. It's just... You, you kind of show up there to the course, and yes, it's very secluded and private, and you have all these factors, but it's also very laid back and comfortable. You don't get the sense that anybody there is stuck up or, you know, that they look at you any different when you walk through the gates there. It's, it's a very relaxed uh, atmosphere. It has one of the best locker rooms you'll ever see, ever. Uh, one of the coolest, most historic locker rooms with all sorts of memorabilia from from all of the uh, the players that have been there, you know Henry Picard and Ben Hogan and, and all of these guys, and uh, it's it's a golf course that you step up there and you you, you look at the first team, you're like, okay, this is it. It's not it's not going to blow you away visually when you look at it, but once you go and actually play it and once you actually see how people are playing it, you actually you understand the genius of it and you really appreciate it a lot a lot more than uh, than you would just looking at it. I think when people think Donald Ross, they think Pinehurst, right? I, I would think that's the first thing that comes to mind. Right. And Pinehurst is known for hard greens to hold, runoffs, um, you know, and, and just, just you know, complex complexes, <laughs> complex putting surfaces, complex complexes, Um that are really interesting and, and intricate and have a lot of character to them. 
So when you step on that first tee and actually start playing the golf course, is this Pinehurst? Is this something else from a, and, and let's take the wind out of it for a second because that's a whole nother animal. Just from the golf course itself. So let's say you get a crazy calm day, which I know is rare in Florida, but you get a, a super calm day. What makes um, Seminole so hard? Is it is it the putting surfaces or is it something else? It's the green, for sure. This is not a long golf course. This is really, if they tip this thing out, which I'm sure they will for these guys, it's only about 6,800 yards, 6,900 yards. It's not, it's not long at all. And it really just depends on uh, how you manage the course. Where, where are you, where you uh, place your tee shots off the tee is so important because you need, to, you, need to, you need to be approaching the green from the right angle. That's really critically important at Seminole because it's not that hard of a golf course off the tee just to hit fairways. It doesn't really, it rarely challenges you and says, hey, here's a narrow fairway, you're not going to hit this. You're going to be able to get your, to get the ball in play almost all day long and, and not really have that much of a, uh, of a problem from that perspective. But if you're not, if you're on the wrong side of the fairway and you're, you know, the, the wind's going one way and you're not, you're not able to, you, to hold a green because you're coming in from, from the wrong angle, that's, that's a problem. The, the greens are, they're very much like Pinehurst. Uh, long is dead almost all the time. The greens kind of narrowed towards the back of, 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 uh, of most of the complexes. So they, they'll put a, a, a whole location kind of towards the back of the green and, uh, you have to be short. The greens are so firm that you have to plan on uh, even a club left sometimes just to be able to make sure that you don't go long because if you go long, it's, it's oftentimes you're, you're scrambling for bogey. You, you really are. It's just a, a very difficult place to be in on a lot of holes. Number six, you can't go long. You know, there, uh, there, there are a lot of holes throughout the entire course where you can't go long on. So I would say... You know, you're going to see a lot of similarities between Pinehurst. If you, if you take the first hole, what's the first hole at number two on Pinehurst? A very kind of uh, gentle, you know, firm handshake that you just kind of hit an iron off the tee and then you have a, have a wedge kind of into, into a turtleback green. That's pretty much exactly what the number one hole at, uh, at Seminole is as well. You're just going to hit, you don't really need to hit that much off the tee. You could easily hit a three wood and be fine. And then you have a little wedge, but you have to be so precise. If you're not precise, you're, you're not going to be able to capitalize. So it's really a course of, of angles and, and precision and how, and how, you, uh, and how you're able to, to land your power shots on such firm green complexes. And then what does the wind do to it? The, the wind is... I, I talked to Bob Ford last week, and he said they're going to be crushed if the wind doesn't blow because the wind really is the heart and soul of Seminole. If it doesn't blow, this golf course is not really that hard for these guys. Uh, when I think about the wind, I think about number 17, which is a par three that runs right along the Atlantic Ocean. And it's, it's usually a left to right wind because you have, uh, this time of year, you have kind of a southeastern wind that comes off of the ocean. So uh, these guys, you really have to uh, hit a draw in there if you're a right-hander to be able to hold that green. Because if you don't, the, the green kind of tilts slightly from left to right and the wind's going left to right. And that right greenside bunker sees uh, sees a ton of of, uh, of work. So um, there are a lot of holes like that where you are, are just put in a very awkward position because of the wind. It's not necessarily distance. You're not going to get a ton of holes where 
you know, they're too long and they're back into the wind and you're, you're having to hit long irons in. But it really changes the, the approach for some holes and, and it makes holding a lot of greens very difficult. So $3 million is up for grabs courtesy of the United Healthcare Group. We also have a $1 million birdie and eagle pool. And as I've read about Seminole, heard about Seminole from people like you, seen the players talk about it, I've said to myself, uh, are we actually going to have birdies and eagles? Um, a lot of people have made this golf course have to be a little difficult, especially if it blows, which I believe it's supposed to on Sundays. So from and 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 not that we're trying to be critical here because this is a, a a wonderful initiative from from farmers insurance but is this a course where if it's even blowing 10 15 somebody can shoot 65 you know 67 and put up some birdies and eagles to fill up this pot especially since it's best ball skins or is this going to be a hard golf course to shoot a number at well Keep in mind, uh, so so Rory McIlroy, who you know his dad Jerry is a, is a member at Seminole, and Rory's out at Seminole a lot. He played the course last month. He was nine under through fourteen, so it was gettable on that day. He had in the water on fifteen, and he didn't he didn't close that round out the way that you wanted to. So mm-hmm. It was there wasn't exactly a lot of pressure. You were just kind of out there playing for fun. But uh, th- this course is gettable for these guys if it blows. I think shooting around in the, in the, you know, around 67, 68, that would be pretty good. I think that would be a really solid round. I think uh, if, it, if it reaches you know, 20 to 25 miles per hour, if it gets to that point, I think it will be difficult to shoot you know, 65, 64. That will be a little bit harder. But it, it's a pretty short golf course. And, and the set of par fives at Seminole are some of the best par fives in the world. Those, how the wind affects those holes will really dictate a lot. You, you take a hole like number 14, those guys could be hitting wedge in for their second shot. It, they honestly could. There's huh. water that actually comes out about 150 yards from the green. That They may need to hit three wood because of, uh, of that hole being downwind and so short. The par fives are going to play as par fours for these guys. So I think they're going to eat the, the par fives alive. You're probably going to see at least two, three eagles out of out of uh, the foursome for uh, for the whole round on, on the on the par five. So uh, the par threes will just be trying to hang on because those are really difficult holes. Par par is good on all the par threes, but they're they're definitely going to take advantage of the par fives. Well, that's good news then for the uh, for the American Nurses Association and the CDC Foundation, which are the beneficiaries of both the skins and the um, one million dollar farmers insurance. Uh, birdies and Eagles pool. We are talking to Sean Fairholm, who's been inside the gates at Seminole six times to cover various events held there. Sean, when we talk about these four players, I think it was Dustin Johnson who says, who said, you look on paper, you kind of scout the golf course, and you think, all right, this thing's gettable, and then you add up the number, and it's not what you think you you know, think it should be. I think it was Dustin who said that. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did say that, yeah. Yeah, so I think one thing that, that fans out there are wondering is we've got a bunch of guys who have not played a lot of golf uh, in these last you know, six, seven, eight weeks who are now having to play 
on a national stage. Yes, it is for charity. Yes, it's not colonial in June. But they're trying to perform well to raise a lot of money for, for charity. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how they ramp up and how they're able to get their games in motion and, 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 and get the game flowing off rust. And I know that, that Corin Crenshaw came in and, and fixed some uh, or, or renovated, rest, uh, restored some of the bunkering, things like that. This is an interesting scenario in that it's a golf course these guys have played, but without, you know, besides Rory, I don't know if these guys have played it a ton. And number two, they're coming off a layoff. It's, it's I, I, I think we're going to see, and this is my suspicion, and, and you can tell me being inside the gates if I'm right on this or not. I have a feeling we're going to see somebody shoot a really good round and somebody, if, if they had a, you know, once we add up all the scores, not that the, the uh, scorecard counts here, it's about skins, but if we add it up, we may have 68 or 77, you know, 68 and 77 being shot at the same time. Am I on to something here? Yeah, it is a course, um, you know, Pinehurst number two is a course where it feels like the, the line between 65 and 80 is not that far apart. And I think Seminole is another one of those courses where the, the margin is, is pretty tight between shooting a good round and shooting a bad round because if you're just a little bit out of position, you're, you're not even making bogeys, you're making doubles most of the time. It's, uh, it's not a course where uh, you're going to be, there's not a ton of water, there's really almost no water on the entire course. But the penalty for missing in the wrong place is often very severe. It's usually two shots a lot of times, not even one shot. So I think you're right. Some of these guys are going to be a little bit rusty. It's hard to know exactly who this favors. Uh, I know Ricky has been out and played Seminole a bunch, and I'm sure Dustin Johnson being in, in Florida has at some point gone out there and, and, and played it a few times. But Rory is, has definitely played the most out of anybody, and you got to think that's, that's more of an advantage, I think, uh, at Seminole than it would be at another PGA Tour run-of-the-mill venue where, you know, Matthew Wolf can go out and win the, the 3M, at, uh, 3M Open uh, without really having any experience at that golf course up in, in Minnesota. It's a little bit different at Seminole. It's really, it's a golf course that, you know, they could, some of those members who are 55, 60 years old could probably get it around and, uh, and compete with Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson and, uh, you know, some of these guys who have played in former Walker Cups, like Mike McCoy, and these guys can probably go out there and, and compete and play in a skins game with them. It's not really a course where, you know, the a distance will be a massive advantage. I don't, so I don't think, uh, I know Ricky's a little bit shorter off the tee than, than DJ and Rory. I don't think that really matters here. I think it's going to just really matter how uh, precise they're able to hit their wedge shots because they're going to get a lot of wedge, wedge shots. They're going to have so many opportunities throughout the day so being able to control that really whoever does that best is going to have going to have the best opportunity to uh to win more skins what's interesting launching off of that and and you walked right into my next question so that is a very professional segue sir um <laughs> is we always talk about scar tissue and one of the things sir nick faldo loves talking about at augusta is scar tissue and how rory has that scar tissue from 2011 but somebody new on the scene um, may not just just you know because they haven't played there. Matthew Wolf is this a case where he may not have scar tissue and that and and that because 
a lot of times new venues, you just walk in, you do your practice rounds, you do your normal scouting, and you go for it. And you would think on the surface, okay, that would um, benefit somebody like Matthew Wolf on a difficult golf course, maybe because he doesn't have all the bad stuff stuck in his head. Rory was telling Golf Digest he putted it off a green the other day, um, which is probably not what DJ wants to be hearing um, entering Sunday. Or is it a case where you may want those rounds and Matthew Wolf's uh, lack of scar tissue is of no meaning when 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 they actually tee this up for real on Sunday at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern? I think my initial reaction is that Seminole is a course where the more you play it, the more you know I cannot go here. So mm. when you have that, scenario a lot of times someone will come out there first or second time and they won't have that fear of knowing that hey if i miss this in this place i am not getting up and down i have zero percent chance of getting this up and down and you you're able to be a little more aggressive i i think there's a little bit of, a, of diminishing returns to a certain expect you know extent um rory who has played there so many times i think at a certain point he is so familiar with the course and so comfortable with where to, uh, to where to manage his misses. Of course, during the Skins game, you're not really that concerned about managing your misses. But I, I do think that, you know, a guy like Matthew Wolf, this is a huge opportunity for him, isn't it? I mean, yeah. he's definitely, out of the four guys, he's the, he's the least known out of the four guys. The other three are known by their their first names we don't really know Matthew Wolf by Matt yet and this is a good opportunity for him to uh to really kind of make a statement in an event that yeah it doesn't really mean much in terms of the competition but it could mean a lot for his exposure and for kind of stepping up into the uh the top 20 players in the world into the elite of the game I think there is a little bit of an advantage of coming in there and just saying hey I'm just gonna go and play and uh, if, if I miss the green in the wrong place, ah, it's skin, so who cares? I'm just going to go out and, and be a little more aggressive. Um, and I think a lot of the guys are going to take that approach. You know, they're, we're going to see guys who, you know, they're going to try to make birdies and uh, in stroke play they would be making double bogeys, but thankfully they have a partner. So uh, they'll be able to ham and egg it a little bit where, where, where one guy maybe get, goes aggressive, but if he misses, the other guy can kind of play it a little safer and, and see what happens. But mark my words, there will be maybe two or three scenarios where both players get in trouble and they're battling to uh, to make a bogey on a hole just for for the team score or uh, for to you know try to uh, to put a bogey down the, on the card for uh, for their team. I know it's, I know it skins, but uh, there will be scenarios where we have guys who are uh, really kind of fighting uh, and and not giving themselves good birdie opportunities. So you think that a par or bogey could win the hole for some team? Yes, I think there will be maybe two or three times throughout the round where a par is good enough. Maybe in a certain situation, a bogey may be good enough. We mm. we may see that. Now we're going to also see holes where you, you may need eagle. Right. Uh, like, like number three, you're probably going to need an eagle to, to win that hole. Birdie is probably going to going to have it and, and move the pot over to uh, number four. But yeah, I, I do think there are going to be some holes out there that are, are going to really challenge these guys, and, and a, a par may be good enough sometimes. So 
Um, we're talking with Sean Fairholme, Global Golf Post. He's been inside the gates at, at Seminole, which hosts, which hosts Taylor May Driving Relief uh, Sunday, 2 p.m. Eastern, NBC Golf Channel and NBCSN. Sean, a lot of this and a lot of the golf in general, professional golf, comes down to pin placements. And where does the governing body overseeing that event want to put the pin placements? Donald Ross greens are unique in that we're talking about green complexes and we're talking about quadrants and sectors and areas. So is this a situation where um, you could have a scenario where if this is, and I'm just throwing out a place, you know, please folks, don't blame me. If we're talking about TPC Deer Run, you know, for the John Deere, they could put it in the middle of the green, run up the number majorly, etc. Or are they stuck and only have a couple places they can possibly put this? Because on, on the surface, Sean, you want lots of birdies and eagles for a skins game. You want great shot making. Um, you want missed five-footers to be the only reason why par... Um, why pars are being made and maybe the occasional stupid three putt as to why par wins a hole. Is this a situation where the PGA Tour is limited and where they can put the flag? No. Um, I would say that most of the greens at Seminole are tilted. It's not, it's not a case where they have a lot of undulations mm. in the greens. Uh, there are a couple of scenarios where that is the case, but most of these greens are, uh, as I said before, it, long is bad because they're all tilted from back to front. You know, they're, they're, it's very much like Pinehurst where, um, you know, if, if you put a flag deep into a green, you just cannot go long on a lot, a lot of these greens. So to your point, I think we will see maybe a few flags that are deep that are kind of going to challenge these guys. But, hey, I mean, I think they can put flags uh, in, in the middle of these greens and make it a little bit easier. It doesn't take away how how challenging it could be with the wind, but I think that, you know, if they do want to see birdies and eagles, that will be the case. They're going to have to put the, the flags uh, kind of towards the middle of the green, and they do have plenty of space for that. They, they do have the option. It, it's one of those courses where I don't, I don't know if that automatically makes it easier or makes it a, 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 something that's not that hard for these guys. But it will be a lot easier than if they were to put all these flags to the back of these greens that, that kind of narrow towards the back. And, and uh, just, there's just too, a lot of slope at the back of a lot of these greens. Which then leads to this question, which is, are you in a scenario where are we in a scenario where, and I just lost my thought, so... Bear with me, folks, as I, as I lost the question I was going to ask <clears throat> Sean Fairholm uh, from Global Golf Post about um, playing Seminole. Well, I try to think of what it is. If they put, oh, oh, yes, this is what I was going to ask you. Um, <laughs> I Just talking through it would do it. Talking through it does it, folks. Um, wind. And green speeds, because one of the other things they can do is put the flags in the middle and then have the greens roll 15 and everybody's going crazy. Um, that's that's not what we want. Wind typically leads to slower green speeds because you don't want balls oscillating. So you've probably seen Seminole when it's blowing and you've probably seen Seminole when it's not blowing. 
What do you think these green speeds will be on on Sunday? Well, you, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I've been to Seminole six times and the wind's blowing all six times. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think that's almost that's almost the norm for them. I think they have, they have very few days where, where it doesn't blow, so it would be super disappointing if, it, if that's the case where they get a rare day where where it doesn't blow. Right. Um, I, I think what you'll see is uh, these greens are still fairly fast. This is not a case where you're playing an open championship and there's a lot of wind, so the, the greens are really slowed down. Now, they're, they're not Augusta, but they are, you know, like I said before, there's not a lot of slope in them, and that's on purpose. You know, they're they're tilted, but there's not a lot of undulation within the green complexes themselves. <clears throat> so that kind of gives them the ability to put these things at, you know, 12, 13, you know, normal uh, PGA Tour standards, maybe even a little faster than that. And uh, if you get a day where the, where the wind blows, as Rory was saying, uh, you can put a ball off the green. It's very possible. And... You have to be defensive sometimes. You could get a putt that is downhill, downwind, and you really have to play defense. Uh, maybe in a skins game, you don't you don't really play defense as much in that scenario. Right. Uh, normally, that <clears throat> would be the case where you have to be really careful. So it'll just be interesting to see. Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to how Seminole looks on TV and and uh, and and how it how it plays and, and how people perceive it because the. The green speeds and and, uh, and how players are able to be aggressive that's gonna, that's going to really dictate a, a large piece of uh, how entertaining this is and how many birdies these guys can make. Two final things for <clears throat> excuse me. Two final things for Sean Fairholm here on uh, teeing it up from Global Golf Post. Um, is this a scenario with the greens tilted like they are, where you could see somebody purposely if, if let's say a guy's in trouble, right? So let's say a guy misjudges the wind so let's say just hypothetically dj misjudges the wind hits it over the green he knows he's in jail do you think rory could purposely try to leave it short or on the front and just try to chip in uh, yeah i think if, if you see a guy miss and they know they're in a bad place i think you're gonna see the other player have to respond because uh they're like I think you're, you're going to see maybe a couple of times players just flat out give holes away, and I think you're going to have to um, if you're if you're a teammate and you're you're in that situation where you really need to uh, to be conservative. We may see guys be really conservative where they 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 leave uh, you know they're, they're putting um, they're they're trying to you know leave themselves a, a 30 40 footer. And, and just make par and, and move the, the pot onto the next hole. That may be the best case scenario for, uh, for a lot of these guys if, if they do get in trouble. The good news is that off the tee, they're going to be hitting a lot of irons. You know, you're going to see some drivers, but a hole like six, they're gonna, you're going to be hitting an iron. A hole like ten, you're going to be hitting an iron. So they're, they're, they're not going to be challenged a lot off the tee, so they may not get in too much trouble, and that, that may help them out to, uh, to be a little more aggressive. Uh, Sean Fairholm, I think <clears throat> there's fairly universal agreement that Tiger and Peyton have the advantage at medalists just because of the rounds played uh, versus Peyton and Phil. I uh, sorry, of uh, uh, versus Brady and Phil. I think we're, I I think the golf world is in fairly good agreement when it comes to that match. I would think. Yeah, that one. You know, Brady's a, a member at Seminole now, so maybe he's been out practicing, and he, maybe maybe he'll that'll 
help him out. But yeah, I, I would agree with so you. So wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on, time out. Sorry, that's, that's... <laughs> so this is where tongues get twisted, words get twisted. I think I just said Seminole twice. So Brady played Seminole with Rory in that round where he put the ball off the green a couple days ago. I'm to, uh, so so just so everybody out there is is clear, there are two matches. I should have said this at, at the top, so I apologize for um, uh, um, interrupting you, Sean. Um, Taylor May Driving Relief, uh, this Sunday, 2 p.m. NBC, we'll have Rory and DJ versus Ricky and Matthew Wolf. Next weekend, from Medalist, different golf club, same area of Florida, different golf club, Tiger and Peyton versus Phil and, and Brady. To that end, and I think what you were getting at, Sean, is Brady just joined Seminole, so maybe the experience at Seminole could help him at Medalist. Uh, yes, uh, and definitely two different golf courses, uh, wildly different golf courses. Um, but hopefully Brady's been able to practice. And uh, if you can play at Seminole, you can play anywhere. So, um, so that should probably help him. But I would agree with you. I think Tiger and Peyton overall uh, are probably the favorites because I think I think Peyton is a little bit better golfer than Brady so that that should probably help him out I agree and also Tiger's knowledge just is going to be way above anybody else I mean the ability to say a number six it may seem like it's a five mile per hour wind into us but just trust me it's more take a you know you know take one more club just trust me I I think that kind of knowledge is going to be of huge help um which Brady and and Phil don't have. So, are you still there, Sean? I am. Yeah. Okay. There was a noise as if you hung up on me. So, um, <laughs> I would never. No, I I I know that it just sounded like uh, there was a pop as in somebody hung up. So, who wins the Taylor May Driving Relief um, Sunday, two p.m. NBC. I'm going to go with the underdog. I think everyone's been so high on uh, Rory and DJ being massive favorites that in this situation where they haven't played golf for a long time, uh, you have Ricky and, and, and Matt Wolf with the Oklahoma State connection. I don't think distance is really going to have that big of a factor off the tee, so it's going to be canceled out. Uh, and, it's, and it's a bigger moment for Matt Wolf than it is for any of the other three guys. So I think he'll be definitely uh, intensely focused on this, even though it is just kind of an exhibition. So I'll take Ricky and Matt Wolf. I'll take Rory and DJ. I think Rory's experience is going to pay off. We shall see, though, when they put a peg in the ground for real Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern. I think I've said that time enough, have I, Sean? I I think think you have. It is definitely 2 p.m. Eastern, though. Yes, yes. Uh, Sean Fairholm, Global Golf Post. Check out his stuff. Check out them. And thank you for coming on Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And thank you all for listening to Teeing It Up with Jeremy Schilling. Enjoy.